0: most major hotel brands ranging from Four Seasons, to Fairmont, to Marriott, to Ritz-Carlton's, to Sonesta, to Hilton, Waldorf Astoria's, as Hyatt's, Intercontinentals, as well as many independent hotels. She is the co-founder and co-owner at Parker Torres Design. She also is recently a 2022 Platinum Circle inductee, which is basically like the Hall of Fame for hospitality designers. Ladies and gentlemen, Miriam Torres.
1: All Hi familiar. Dan. It's fun to be here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's so wonderful to have you here as well. Um and I know that we've known each other for such a long Bye. time and I'm just always I'm I love entrepreneurial stories, right? And I just think that what you and Barbara have created um and I know you always joke about it as accidentally creating this business but the team that you've assembled the projects that you've worked on the accolades that you've gotten I don't know it's just it's it's a really wonderful story and I know that I know in speaking to you before this you're like oh you know I hope I do okay and all this but I said you know Miriam all you have to do is just speak from your heart and Mm -hmm. I just know that you're always speaking from your heart I do. And, yeah. So sometimes uh, it's good.
1: Sometimes you. it gets me in trouble, but.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, I feel like everyone always knows where they stand with you, correct? Yes. Yes. So it, I have it's... no
1: filter, too, and I go straight to the point. And,
0: and yeah, you know, how, where I stand. That's for sure. Everybody does. Yes. And, you know, thinking about that, like speaking from the heart and, and being from, like coming always at a place from the heart. Um, I'm curious because, you know, obviously this is called defining hospitality, but that place of the heart and knowing where you stand and just really being open to that and expressing yourself, how has that shaped what your idea of hospitality is? Like, how do you, how does that help you define what hospitality is?
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess hospitality is, the relationship, I guess, between a guest and a host. But for me, really, that relationship is about caring, sharing, welcoming. I mean, I'm, this is just like my the first words that come to, to mind. Um, but I, I don't know, I also, because we're in this industry, it's so also to me a state of mind. Um, I think it's also an experience. And to me, it's like, a magical place, a dream. So I don't see it as defined like from a dictionary. I see it beyond that, especially now in our industries. So it's really to me an experience
0: and it could be just an amazing and unique experience. And I love how, you know, in speaking to you before and then also hearing you say it now, it's kind of like this dream, right? Yes. So, and in a dream, it's mostly feeling and it's surreal like how did you how do you convey that dream or that dream state into the the works and into your team and how how do you get people to kind of get on board with what the dream and the vision is of a of a project or some other initiative that you're working on
1: well um Uh, We usually in all the project we start with the narrative so it's a lot of research in the in the place um, that we're doing actually the project. And actually people don't understand how um, important that is we always go back to that narrative we always have a story, and we do a story that will create. Uh, a space and a dream, like I keep saying, and an experience. So for us, our foundation is really the narrative of a project. And in that narrative,
0: we decide what the projects will become. I love it. And then I want to pull on that narrative thread because we also touched upon it a little bit when we were speaking. And I want to go back to before you started Parker Torres, you were working at Ken Hurd, correct?
1: I, I've worked several places, but one of my first job was at Ken Hurd, an associate. Um, he was a big mentor. I mentioned him in Planet Circle. I worked in the world of Astoria twice for him, um, and he really taught me a lot. And I believe mentorship is so important. I Barbara and I also met working for a Turkish billionaire before we started his very six stars hotel took us around the world to learn what six star was. So Mm -hmm. people don't know my background. I was very fortunate. I ended up in this situation and he took us um, to the Chiron Palace and the Ritz in Paris and the Creon and Mm -hmm. and Place Athene and flew us to Cuomo, to Lake Cuomo, and then to Milan, and it was crazy, and um, Barbara and I were able to experience really, really luxury, he said, you need to do this before you work for me, and I'm like, okay, so yeah, people don't know that about us, we very fortunate, and this is 20, ooh, like 25 years ago that we had that experience.
0: Right, so when you had that experience, and you're, you two were both working somewhere else and had this experience of ex- what luxury is and in getting indoctrinated into it if you will could you ever have imagined 22 four years later when you get inducted into the um platinum circle as, Not as the all. co-owner and co-founder like what, what how shocking is that? Like, if you It was really shocking
1: zoom when they call us. Well, it was shocking because I think Barbara and I have always just work heads down and no distractions. We don't know what other people are doing. We just work, 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 work. And we were nobody knows this, but we were in a kickoff meeting at the four season in Orlando when we got the call and I stepped out of the meeting and not knowing I thought, oh, they keep calling it's their problems so like and when we were to, I was told I came in the meeting and I had a tear of like I couldn't believe it because we've never I I go to that event that every year mm-hmm. never occurred to me like will we part we just go there and then, oh like oh wow and so no it was, you know, it, it is nice to be recognized, especially as a woman and as a Puerto Rican girl, like to be recognizing something that you just work hard, not looking for something, you just do the best you can for your clients.
0: It was amazing. I, well, okay. So where it's not like you're looking for that accolade or end result, but again, if we go back to speaking from your heart and being in a place of your heart, you know, we all hear those cliches, which I actually don't think are cliches where, if you're really doing what you love and you're passionate about, it's not work. It is, work, true. Right? It it's is just, true. It's just your life. It's
1: not work, though I cry many times at night, but <laughs> stressing <laughs> out. But uh, we, I think my business partner and I are fortunate that we're doing what we love. I will do say that.
0: I will just say that. Yeah, and and okay. So then I think another interesting story is you know, there's so many entrepreneurial stories and journeys out there, but to think about you and Barbara 19 or 20 years ago where you took that step, right? As two women, they're like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna start this company. Like, what was that feeling like? Like, can you go back to that place?
1: So she had worked in a very well-known, a lot of people now don't know, but at the time was one of the first companies ever called Graham International. And she was doing work all over the world. She was there for 19 years. And they closed the office and she called me. And I said, I won't, I won't start until I finish the waldorf. It was my second time around. And I did finish. And um we took the leap there were no hospitality this boston has never had a strong hospitality design firm so that has been very helpful for us because we've been able to attract the best talent Mm because we don't have much competition i will tell
0: you so we get to get the best people Mm. but when when you go back to that moment where you're you want to finish the waldorf for that second time and this opportunity is there like what was that first step like like when you you're like okay. (laughs) We're doing it.
1: No, but we were like, okay, we don't want to compete with our bosses. We feel bad. Let's do residential. We did residential for like four months, hated it. And um, it was interesting. People found out, and the phone just started ringing all clients. And we started in my basement, um, just the two of us. Mm. And uh, it's interesting, it's 19 years. And there's 30 people in an office building. So we never put $1. We never had a business plan.
0: It's crazy. So you you just followed your hearts and- And and work hard. And you just work hard. I'm telling you. And was uh, was it the basement of your house near Walden Pond?
1: So it was my basement of my house there. And then I built my dream house. So I ended up the office above- the basement, my new house that I dream. And at one point, Barbara said to me, in your pan- piano room, we have the a, a Hyatt. In your living room, we have the Fairmont Copley. In your family room, we have the Marriott. Uh, Marquee, She's like, Miriam, we have every space in the room and in your refrigerator is all the food from everybody. She goes, we are so frugal. We have money. We can get an office. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happened. And then we got an office. That's probably about 12 years ago. But we were so frugal. We didn't want to spend money in an office.
0: But I also love that those stories, bootstrapping and being frugal, especially like being so close to Walden Pond where Thoreau was like, he yeah. lived like a monk in a little shack. But and that's
1: not me. I'm I know not it's not like you. That. And people can't believe it. I am frugal when it comes to business and my client's money. I'm not when it's my own.
0: So mm. yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I, I I don't know. I just love, I was such a fan of Henry. It's David a Thoreau beautiful area. Up. Yeah. We, it's, it's just yeah. gorgeous. But yeah. okay. So then that's actually interesting too. So if you think about, I know you've, we've talked about all these luxury projects as well. And I just know that you work on so many different things, not just luxury. So like, what is the the whole spectrum of what you guys are working on? And like, what's exciting you about what you see out there?
1: And what is exciting me is the changes that our industry had made for all other um, interior and architecture industry. I, I, I don't think people realize that hospitality design. We're like the the founders, or I call it the mother of design, and how we influence everything from corporate, healthcare, um, academic, residential. I mean, people don't realize the influence and and the calls that we get. Ca- we get and. And I can give you some examples. Um, We got calls from um, CARP Properties. They're one of the biggest developers in in, um, office spaces. And they asked us to do their lobbies that had many tiers and many floors. It wasn't just a small lobby. We got a call from Amherst College academic. We did their in and then they called three times until we agree to do their common areas and their dorms. We got a call from MIT to do their labs. We got a call from residential, most owners of the hotels we do. And I don't think people know the influence. Everybody wants the designers, the hotel designer. Everybody wants that magic. And I think we have a movement. And And I think we started this movement and I don't think people really realize it. So it's it's spread out, it's not just only hotels. And at the beginning we used to push back and say, we don't do um, Amherst, they call three times before we agree. We're like, we don't do any dorms and we don't do libraries. And and, um, if I tell you honestly, People don't think about it, What how the brand actually started this movement. I mean, I don't the think hotel people... brands. Yes. And I don't oh. think people give credit to Hilton or Marriott, specific Marriott. I think, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when they started, like, the Great Room. Mm. With the zone, or the quiet zone, the library, and the bar in the middle of the lobby. People don't realize, because... I think they were like the pioneers and then we became the creators, right? Like, like we started creating those spaces, but they set that foundation and people don't realize that where we are now started with Marriott. I really believe so. I mean, Hilton has some other things that they started now that are very interesting, but I think um, that foundation came from them and then we created the spaces and the influence they had is all these people like residential ones rooms that bathrooms that look like spa right mm. the corporate world I'm working with doing these office spaces they they incorporate in the, they they asked me to incorporate bars and do their lobbies like it's a hotel and connectivity and a quiet place and a library and healthcare the same i mean MIT saw the Marriott in Cambridge that we did we did this like seven years ago, which is funny because we were just asked to redo it. We're going to start it again. And MIT saw it. We had no idea. They call and they're like, we're interested in you doing some of our lobbies for our labs. Sir. And at that one, we were like, we, we can. We, we're all over the place. We like to focus what we do. But that's how much influence our industry has in all facets of design. So yeah, it's I- interesting. I-
0: I agree. And actually, I really like your take on how it it really started with Marriott maybe 15 or 20 years ago. Because if you think about it, that's probably shortly after. I, I don't know all the dates, but shortly after because Marriott used to own and operate so many of their hotels. And then everything got really specialized, right? They spun out a lot of their own assets owned assets into host, then they really started focusing on management and brand.
1: Oh, every brand has done that. Most brands don't own their property, very few.
0: Correct. But in doing that, in specializing in the brand feeling-
1: Yes, they really have specialized in management, branding, and they they hire the best people to outsource. They, they hire consultants yeah. to come up with all the vision, then their people help us get there. I I mean, I used to be very, like, push back with brands. And it's interesting. I'm very different. I will say the last 10 years, if you get the right people, you grow, you get better, and you can influence incredibly. Um, And the partnerships are amazing. So I'm completely the other way. I'm a brand girl. I think they make us better. I think they keep us in the right path. And if we can all together make more money for our clients, I'm going to get another job.
0: Totally. I I, I agree. And if you think about if you look at all the most even outside of hospitality but all the most you know valuable companies out there in the world are brands right it's that brand it's that it's all that other stuff that is outside of just what the operations and how and what they do it's like it's just that bigger feeling and that's what that's really what drives it come the come back value.
1: full circle is hospitality is that dream is welcoming people but then the design it all come back from the main word hospitality and then it all it through
0: and you're also you also bring up a really good point that i was actually surprised by in a couple of these conversations it's um this idea of a hospitality lens right so where everyone like you said you're doing education you're doing laboratories you're doing all these things that probably wouldn't normally have a hospitality focus or filter on but again it goes back to what you were saying like it's that feeling, that dream, that brand, that what are you trying to convey? And I think in hospitality, we really do a, a really wonderful job in the built environment of conveying that warmth and feeling and open heartedness.
1: Well, I think also, I mean, there's so incredible designers out there and creators that take the brand um, view and then they create this in magical spaces. And when you think about what hotels are now, when mm-hmm. I started 38 years ago, um, they didn't have that idea of experience, right? And what have they become now? It's like one hotel is topping the other. It's like every time we do a job, we give it our all, and then we see another project, and it's, it like, it's just amazing how the experiences outdoors and lobbies and guest rooms, it, it, it's it's a blast it's really a blast i love my job and you get to dream and do whatever you want with somebody else's money
0: (laughs) (laughs) totally um i've heard you say the 38 years of experience a bunch like it's a long time
1: but it doesn't feel that long at all i
0: know but okay let's go back i mean i
1: started really really young
0: Exactly, because you're only 42 now, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you go back to like, four, what what were you doing 40 years ago? Like, what were you doing before you started on this hospitality journey?
1: Well, I went to college at UMass Amherst, and I was fortunate. They asked you to do a thesis, but you needed to have plans, architectural Mm -hmm. plans for your thesis. And lucky me, my father had a hotel and the architectural plans of a hotel, and he say, here, and I say, perfect. I was the first student in UMass Amherst who th- did a hotel. Most people did a resident or an office or a restaurant, which was not a good idea. Because I had not just a resident, I had a lobby, a restaurant, guest room, a spa. I remember calling my father, he said, I need more time. I, I think I want to go this thesis through the summer he's like what I'm like the project is so big he's like do you do have to do the whole hotel
0: yeah that's a lot of so sleepless I, nights
1: and when I presented my project they had five companies from Boston to critique It was a senior year and somebody presented an office building somebody which you know it was just a lot simpler. And then somebody presented a hair salon and he had presented a hotel. A gentleman came and gave me his business card. And that guy, that's how I got my first job. Cunier Design, they were hotel designers in Boston. Literally mm-hmm. gave me the business card. I moved to Boston. I was in Amherst at the time. Amherst. I moved to Boston. I called them Walked in, they say bring your your project, your senior project, and they all interviewed me and they I got hired. I got hired in college because I did a hotel.
0: And where did your dad have his hotel?
1: <laughs> no, so it, he didn't own it. Um it was a partnership. I don't know. He it but was in Puerto Rico, but he was in Puerto Rico, is um in Dorado, oh. and my father was a developer. It. I don't know what he was doing there. I was too young to, oh, we had a beach house. So, oh my God, I forgot about this. So my parents <laughs> had a beach house in this resort and I don't know how he got the drawings. Um, and um, it changed my life. So I've never done anything else but hotels.
0: Wow. And then how did you know before that, when you were deciding to go to UMass Amherst, how did you know that you wanted to get, get into design?
1: Oh my God. That's a great question. So I had a very fortunate life. My parents were building their dream house Mm. and maybe I was like eight or 10 and they took me to the residential designer in Puerto Rico, their offices. And they say, this is Miriam. Now that you're doing the house, she, you, she's going to do the room with you. Like they let me. And I was like, this is the most incredible job so actually so this woman designed my room psychedelic I love I love sparkles everybody knows that like I'm always glitz my room was silver metallic silver blue and green crazy and my parents allowed me I don't know they were crazy to spend the money and do my dream room with this designer so I said, I want to do this. And I talked about this in Platinum Circle. And my father said, that's not a profession. You have to be an architect. And he sent me to Cornell for a summer program.
0: Oh, I did that summer program too.
1: And I did it and I hated it, but I did it and got the credits. And I say, no. And he's like, well, you're supposed to go to school for architecture that I apply. I said, I'm not doing that. And it's a long story. I ended up going to UMass Amherst because he said the only way you can go to school for interior design has to be an accredited school. Mm. And I remember I applied there and I I was waitlisted and res and I actually went to see them, fell in love. UMass Amherst had the most incredible brand new building over the top and ended up going to school there. He never really love that I was an interior designer he's an engineer and a big developer. and so all my brothers are engineers or so bankers and it took a long time for him to realize that this was a true business when I started making more money than my engineer brothers he's like oh, okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god that's amazing
1: I know I go on and I, I can't believe you asked this that's so I forgot about it
0: so I want to well I think I did the same program Program. at Cornell. So So, what what was interesting, uh, let me, let me tell you what I thought was most interesting about that program is I always did art. I painted, I drew photography. So it was like, I had a great, I had so many great art teachers growing up and I was very passionate Mm -hmm. about it. Um, But when I went to Cornell, it was the first time that they taught us a design process as a, a means of solving problems
1: it was so hard
0: <laughs> it was really hard but i never thought of it
1: was time consuming
0: is that what it was it was i never did all i was in high school i did three or four all-nighters in a summer trying to build I did models too.
1: And... i did so i you know you go to cornell and all my friends from porto were taking english as second language in the morning and in the afternoon they go to the gorge swimming and get a suntan no the architecture student had uh lecture in the morning and studio in the afternoon. And then we had to do our, our drawings and homework. And we're up all night. I was like, oh my God. And cutting our fingers
0: off with the blades. And I've never done a
1: model. It was a disaster. And literally I passed because I'm Puerto Rican and we grew up in a very different culture. I was kind of afraid of my dad. I passed because I know he spent a lot of money to send me here and out of respect. But I was like, oh my, it was, it was not like a fun summer at all.
0: But I also think I walked away from that summer thinking, why don't we teach not just art and fine arts in high school? Why don't we teach but what art, design is? Teach
1: design. Because yeah, people don't know. I mean, you know what? I think my next step in life is to do that. What I li- Not to teach, but what I like to do, especially in Puerto Rico, that's my next goal, is to promote our industry you know everywhere I go and people say what do you do and I say I design hotels they're like what that's a job what and I realize especially um Kids that don't have their means will be amazing. That is my next step. I would like to, in Puerto Rico, go to schools, high schools, and talk about it um, and show our project and say, if if I did it coming from my town, it's a small town. If I did it, you could do it. I would love to promote our industry. I really would. That's what I really want to do.
0: I think that would be amazing for promoting our industry. But also, if you go to the small town you're from, and you tell your story, and your story of success, I think it could inspire so many people that don't even want to get into that and to do yeah. other things. You know what I mean?
1: And it can inspire a contractor or artist to do art for the hotel. It, like, it could branch. I've been thinking that's, that's that's really my future. I would like to do that.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I'd love to talk to you more about that at some point, because that sounds really exciting. I One of the things that's so cool about doing this, these podcasts is the feedback I get from so many people, but specifically from kids who are in uh, design school or architecture school or in hotel operations school. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you. I never thought about that. And it's like, it's kind of all these stories and conversations are really like, Having some kind of an impact on a lot of people, but really on people who are up and coming. Well, and I, I love it; I it, it fills know. my bucket. But,
1: yeah, no, um, I don't think people. We have the best industry. I'm telling you.
0: I totally agree. We That's have why I'm, the I'm best people. You can't get like, rid of me.
1: We have the best people, the best, the most fun, the best parties.
0: <laughs> it really is. I
1: mean, always come down to the parties to me, but we do. But I work hard, it, play hard.
0: But I think it also comes into like, one of the things that I love about what we do and in the different areas of our industry, and it's all about, ultimately, people want to design that bar or restaurant that they can go have a drink at with their friends, right? And it's that feeling and that warmth and going back to that, it's, we're all like leading with our hearts here, you know?
1: Yes, I think, I think most people in this industry is not for the money. Yeah. When we're not neurologists and killing it, it just uh, people who are in this industry that are successful, I think is really a passion,
0: really is. I totally agree. And it's also being surrounded by all these really passionate people who yes. all care.
1: And then yeah. you become friend. I mean, I, I, even this is one of those industries that your competitors become your friends, right? Totally. I have a lot of designers that I bet in projects. Um, they're my friend and I'm like oh if I didn't get it but you got it I'm okay because you're my friend I'd rather you get it There's somebody that I don't know but I think it's cool to to become friends with all the representative and the clients and all the brand um people I I I love that I I love that I get to work with people that I enjoy their company I, I really I've been lucky in that aspect
0: And aside from all of the like-minded people, just to shift gears a little bit, um, I just I love seeing you and Barbara work together as partners, right? And I think what's so cool is that I don't know if it's like a delineated, like lane that all of you are in, but like you guys are so complementary to each other. But
1: it is a lane, but not plan.
0: You, okay, so that not planned. was that really not planned, or no, you guys not are just like- a
1: client put us. We work with the client, and he said, You guys had the perfect match, the Turkish gentleman. And um, she was doing all the architectural drawings, and I was doing all the FF&E, which is how we run our business. Barbara's gone to the point she's been out of design about. Pff, six years now and she's running the business really running the business she feels she have people that are super experienced our age that gotten so good at it that she's out and and it's interesting because one of the best advice I got was from Alan Benjamin mm. and he said to me we do a lot of work with him they're great and he said to me hire people better than you And that's what we've done. No ego. And they're like, no, no, we still need you. And I I review everything. But boy, there are people out there that are so good. Have a team that is better than you. I mean, they might not have your experience. And that's what I can bring to the table. But um, that was the great advice he gave me. He also told me, because he told me, do you think I know how to write a PO anymore? And I say, no, I don't know how to write, I don't know how to get in the computer and do a spec. He goes, well, do you think the press, the CEO of Delta can fly a plane? That changed my vision. I'm like, I don't need to write a spec anymore. So if that was Alan.
0: Wow. So when you, 19 or 20 years ago, when you and Barbara embarked on this entrepreneurial journey, did, I know you said you didn't you it didn't have your lanes planned or it wasn't a plan way, but how did it, how did you guys find your equilibrium?
1: It happened organically. We never planned anything. And I don't know, she's a planner, I'm not, but we never planned it. We just got the first job and it was the two of us. She was drawing by hand not even CAD, and I was typing specs and selecting the fabrics. Literally, that's how it all started, and we had nobody. We'd never planned to hire anybody, and one day I said to her, we need to be like a big company. We need to have somebody answer the phone, somebody do the specs. She's like, we don't have any money, and she was teaching hospitality design at night, and she's like, what if I get an intern to help us? never planned it and we got an intern an intern turning to 27 people now wow. so we never planned it we never put a dollar can you believe it our cell phone and our old computers wow. so yeah um it, then- it happened organically she will do sketch you know what is so funny only like four years ago, somebody asked a question and she's like, well, when I designed this sketch with Miriam, I show her imageries of things I want and she designed the space in a sketch. She said a few years ago, I always design in black and white. I'm like, what? Maybe that's why we never had an issue. She's like, no, I design in black and white. I'm like, in your head, black and white? I never design in black and white. I only design with color. Oh, Isn't that no. crazy? She catches this space in black and white so i guess we never really had a problem because we are completely different so we bring what the other one doesn't bring i don't know
0: yeah i'm having i'm visualizing like the yin yang right it's just the perfect complement but not overlapping right yeah she's
1: also very quiet and very proper and very bright and
0: and you're very quiet very too.
1: american and i'm like wow crazy puerto rican and not proper whatever <laughs> but it's okay he works it works
0: you are proper but you're, can't you're not quite of
1: the same
0: um how and then as your partnership over the past 20 years has grown and yeah. you're you know and you've built this amazing company like how do you guys how do you guys like reconnect and like just make sure like everything okay? Are we doing okay? Like, are we on the right course?
1: <sighs> I feel like it's always like craziness, honestly. It's mm. craziness. Um, we do get together once in a while um, and we're like, oh, another year has gone by, you know? Um, I think when we get together, what is really bizarre, we're so different, but we're so similar. Like people don't understand we finish each other's sentences and I don't know, it just happened to be that way. And that was just luck. If I get together with her and she's like, it's time to buy, and I say computer, she's like, yeah, or it's time to give so-and-so, I say a raise. I don't know, we're so in sync and I don't know why. When we would get together, we know what is the next step. Is I remember, or it's time to get an office, it's time to hire somebody. It's time. I remember at one point we decided to hire a restaurant team. A lot of people don't know that. We lost, uh, we were doing a really luxurious hotel and we lost the restaurant. I went home and I cried because that's me. She was like, whatever. I cried. And I thought, I'm not doing this again. So I call her and we got together. I'm like, we need to hire a restaurant design team. And people don't realize we have a group of people that only do restaurants or food, food and beverage. They do markets and bars in our office. And ever since that, a lot of our clients don't outsource the restaurant if they know they're going to get that team. Mm-hmm. But these are things that happen that she and I are on the same page. And that's how it evolve. And when I, I, I start saying it, she finishes sentence.
0: So your crying is a good indicator of where of the direction of where we where you need to fill in the gaps to continue to grow. Yeah.
1: Well, my crying is the emotional. Thank God she's level-headed and keeps me in check. But I'm the one that because of those feelings and that Mm. emotion, I need to do something to resolve it. Gives me to a good resolution, right? Yeah. I mean, I went to bed and the next morning I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. I'm like, oh, the answer is for me not to lose that, let's hire. And we literally hired a team from a restaurant design firm in Boston. Boop, boop. Wow. They've been with us like 12 years.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. It's uh, it's amazing. I don't know. I just, I get so, uh, being an entrepreneur, I just love hearing all of the other entrepreneur, entrepreneurial stories, especially like, on the partnership side, because there's so many times partners, it doesn't work out. Right? I
1: hear all the time from other friends of mine in the industry. They're like, "Oh, what well, you have is special. What well, you have is special." I don't know. A client put us together, and the client used to say, "You guys will be great." And a rep, a, a good rep of Barbara, a friend of her, will say to her, "Between the client and the rep, put us together." Um, I think honestly is because we're nothing alike. I mean, my marriage was the same. My husband was I always say he was like Barbara's brother because he was like Barbara, and I think we don't ever compete I don't know, and it's interesting because Barbara and our partnership we're not like we don't do things together. It's not like we're spending weekends together. but anytime I have a hardship in my life or she does in our personal life. We discuss it and we support each other. We have like this really interesting relationship that we're like sisters, but we're not hanging out together. Mm -hmm. I don't
0: know. I find that, Um, you know, if I look at, you know, my closest friends, even though we may be, and you guys are really close to each other um, physically because you're in Boston and in in the office when you're not traveling. But when I look at my closest friends, I think the thing that ties us all together is when we all get together, it's that we don't even have to spend time on what, where, what all happened. It's just like, we just kind of fit together, like it's easy. pieces of a puzzle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, my, my, my business with her is easy. Like mm-hmm. we, so I, I, I say this before, I've never had an argument with her in 18 years or a disagreement. That's bizarre.
0: It's probably because you're all talking to each other with your hearts open. Right? Yeah. And she's designing black and white. So and I'm designing color. color.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, so as you look at the journey that you've been on and the 27 plus or minus people that are on your team, and you look at kind of where we've been, all the ups and downs, and kind of what the what the future looks like, what's exciting you most about like what you see out on the horizon?
1: I mean, I think for us, we've been doing a lot of luxury in the last like three years. I mean, we're doing we doing about four Ritz, um, Denver, Tyson, yeah, four Ritz working on, and a Four season um, public spaces in a fair amount. So it is kind of nice that we get to work in this project that we do our dream, and we we really get to do. Um, and, and express ourselves all the way with no limitation. So that is exciting to us um, because before we will get one like that every so often, but it seems like it's been lately the trend. And I think also that clients, we gotten to a point in our industry, Barbara and I, that client kind of trust us. Yeah. And I don't feel like I have to constantly prove myself like I used to so if i'm doing a ritz um obviously we have to work hard and i'm always feel like i'm not good enough right that's what makes you work so hard but i feel like we have delivered so you have that comfort and, and i feel i used to always feel like i was a fraud mm. and i didn't know what i was doing and i'm like oh how lucky after i present it and i don't feel like that anymore
0: i'm like how, i know what, do what we're think? doing that's really interesting that uh, I was talking to someone recently, this idea of being a fraud or an imposter. How, what was it that kind of tipped the scales on that to where you were just comfortable with with yourself and, and your ability? And you weren't second guessing, you know, w- whether you were real or legitimate or not.
1: I read a book, Leaning In. Sheryl um, Sandberg. That's her. Yeah. It changed my life. Mm. um I sent it to a bunch of clients and and the book is about being a woman and and never I mean this was like 10 years ago but being a woman and never feel um you always feel like you're a fraud right and you go to these meetings and you will have this meeting and then you walk out of the room like oh I just faked it and when I read that book I'm like oh my god that's me uh and as i read the book she's like there's no reason that you fake it It's just not by chance you fake it you actually knew what you were talking about your experience there but we're raised in a way that i mean i don't want to get into this woman thing because it's personal right but mm-hmm. you're raised in a way that you might not be good enough and i don't think i was raised like that but i felt in the industry um that They judge a lot, honestly, when you become a designer, especially if you want to do luxury. Oh, she's never done luxury or or something like that. And, um, And it's difficult, but after I read that book, I realized, no, I'm not faking it. The reason that presentation after presentation after presentation is successful because I know what I'm doing. But it's something that you have to come with terms. I have to be the whole process and, and step back and say, there's a reason why I'm, I'm doing these properties. There's a reason why they've we finished the projects and they work and they're in budget and they're beautiful and everybody from the brand and ownership is happy. I, I'm not a fraud. Mm. I know what I'm doing, but it takes a long time. And uh, obviously, you do have to have humility. I don't walk out with an ego. I know what I'm doing. I'm the best because I feel having some humility and working hard makes you better because you're always trying to top yourself. And it's not good to think I know it all. And that's when you're going to fail again, right? But reading that book changed me to feel secure and to understand that. I might know as much of everybody in this room and not that I always have to say it, which is hard for me to hold back, but be secure. You've done this long enough. You've done this for 38 years. You know it. So I think it was like seven or eight years ago after I read that book.
0: And then she, I mean, she's just an incredible inspiration and she, she, I mean, it was shocking with her, her husband passed away. While running on a treadmill suddenly right yeah and then she wrote another book with but, adam grant right
1: leading it, um no it was plan b i think or something b option you know? b option b which when my husband passed away i don't want to get into that i read again but another thing i learned from her um she her mentor was her harvard professor mm. um the finance summers um Larry Summers. Larry Summers. And when I read her book, how he got her to work with her, I think when he was working for Obama, and then she went to Facebook. But my point of all this, how she, she spoke in the book, how important mentorship is. Mm-hmm. And that has been a big thing for us. And that's why we have the and very interest. We're very involve having a really good internship program
0: and how mentorship can change your life but you know the other thing you said earlier in the conversation about going back to puerto rico and inspiring and impacting others yeah so this idea Mm -hmm. of mentorship i mean i don't know i i love doing what what i do because in a way i get to impact a lot of people in a lot of different ways right and
1: you you know it's almost like talking to you to realize that's what i want to do Yeah, like it verbalize it and bring it to front like I wasn't thinking but I think now after this podcast I realize I want to go home I want to mentorship students I want to show them what we do and what's out there and what a great profession we're involved in and I think it's coming out of just talking out loud with you and the whole process
0: thank you man well you're welcome well and actually as i'm talking to you recently um in a lot of these conversations um the idea of like impactful books have come up and i don't actually ask people what's the most impactful book but if i it's amazing how so many that people... was a big Im- impact in my business
1: and, yeah. and i and i think if you ask me specific of a book i would not say that but because you asked me about a topic then i thought oh that's the book that I read that impacted me right in many ways
0: totally and I, I think I want to start asking more people about what's the most impactful book that they've ever read because I think again it it helps shorten other people's journeys towards what you know what they're looking for and I don't know I just feel like I love reading I read probably more than most people maybe a little bit too much Um, but it's I don't know. Every book I read or listen to, it always gives me something that can help with it my growth, yeah. right? And helps yes. me reframe kind of where I'm coming from. But um, yeah, Cheryl is freaking amazing. Like, yeah, she's a successful. Real yeah. Um. Okay, so now I I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. So we we've thought about this future of mentorship, right? Of impacting the next generation, right? Yeah. If you, I want to go back to the Miriam who's designing her childhood bedroom, right? How old were you when that happened?
1: I think like 11.
0: 11. Oh, that's a good year. Okay. So the Miriam that I'm speaking to right now, okay? So it's you and me. Let's say you teleport back into that room with your 11-year-old self. What advice do you have for your 11-year-old self? What advice
1: I have for 11-year-old self? um hmm. work hard dream big and never take no for an answer i love it never take no for an answer i i think if people look back they would have never thought what i'd be just perseverance perseverance
0: perseverance i love it yes resilience you got to keep getting up right
1: now for perseverance they tell me no i'm boy they don't know what's coming <laughs> i don't stop until i get it
0: you know because i think it's all of that passion that you lead with your heart right you can't keep your heart down
1: i'm very competitive too <laughs> <laughs> I if that's good or bad,
0: but no, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, I'm well. I don't. Know. If this conversation in any way helped you, yeah,
1: I did. Of, kind,
0: of, kind of coach you on like what I'm doing you, next. Yeah, I mean, it's not like
1: just, I mean I don't made take my day. no, I don't take time to think, and mm-hmm. I'm in a very odd part of my life right now because of my what's happened the last two years I love my job and I will never stop working um but I in my personal life I need to do something that can fulfill me that is lacking right now maybe that's it I'm going to Puerto Rico for Christmas and maybe I can call some of my friends who are teachers and maybe my first step thank you Dan
0: Okay, so I'm gonna call you in January. I'm gonna put it in my calendar. okay, what teachers did you talk to and what's yeah. next? How are you impacting yeah. the next generation? I, can I do that?
1: Yeah, that okay. would be cool.
0: yeah all right. oh this is super awesome. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it um cool. well, Miriam, this has just been so wonderful and kind of uplifting for me. I guess the same for you so yes this is like really unexpected for me um if people wanted to get in touch with you, how, how can they oh. get in touch and learn more?
1: Um, well, anybody can email me. I'm, I'm very open and I love welcoming people. Um, miriam at parkertorres.com anytime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm very easy to access. I mean, I
0: travel all the time, but I'm always checking my email. I think that's the best way. Right. Um, and then we'll put up your company website as well. And um, yeah, that would be awesome. So I also, I, so I, I guess ultimately, I just want to thank you for your time because this has just been really inspirational for fun. me too. Yeah.
1: I know I just go on and on and on. Cause I just opened my heart. <laughs> um, I hope he's okay.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Um, And also I want to thank our listeners because I I say this all the time, but every week the listenership grows and it's just awesome. And I think because Miriam, it all comes back to what you said that, you know, you tell people that you design or build or are involved in making hotels or these really special environments happen. People are always very intrigued. And I I think it's growing every week because people are seeing that this does touch all industries. We're not limited to hospitality. So I want to thank the listeners as well. And listeners, if this has helped change your idea of hospitality, you're creating hospitality through design, um, please pass it along and we'll catch you next time.